Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, where we bring you weekly conversations with purpose-driven leaders. Our focus is to share meaningful conversations with purpose-driven people having a big social impact in our community. Our mission is to enable you to listen, connect, and grow. You can learn more at humansofpurpose.com.au. There's no way you can really learn comedy, so that's that's one of the reasons why we've we're very different to a lot of other comedy events and comedy organizations, you know, comedy festivals in that I like to think of us as the engine room of comedy. It's providing those opportunities, providing those pathways for people to have a taste, to see if they like it and then to come back and to, to continue their engagement and grow their experience, grow their popularity, grow their audience. Welcome back to the pod. Great to have you with us. Those are the wise words of Damien Hodgkinson, who is the Executive Director of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Well, it's a great time of year to be a Melbourneian with the footy season in round two, not if you're a Hawk supporter, and the Melbourne International Comedy Festival having kicked off last Wednesday and running through till the end of April. So that's why I thought it was a good time to have Damien on, and he was a delightful guest. Damien and the team at the Comedy Festival have kindly offered up two double passes to the North American lineup headliners, running from Tuesday till Sunday until 21st of April at Max Watts in the CBD. If you're wanting to attend the festival, this is one of the shows that Damien has been to see in the past week, and he loved it. All you need to do to go into the draw to win tickets is to head to the iTunes store and leave a review of the podcast. There's a link in the show notes on how to do that. So that I know who you are and how to contact you, please take a screenshot of your review and email it to hello at purposeful.com.au using subject line comedy. I'll announce the winners on next week's show and I'll notify you by email if you've won. If you're getting good value out of the Humans of Purpose podcast, we'd love you to support us on a monthly basis by joining our community at patreon.com slash humans of purpose. Well, this episode was a really good, fun one to record and great to get to know Damien and learn more about him and his exciting work. Um, running one of the, the world's finest comedy festivals is no easy feat. Uh, so much work goes into it, and every year I've enjoyed it for the past decade plus. So it was great to chat to him about the state of Australian comedy, uh, international comedy festivals that he looks at, um, how we foster quality comedic talent locally and also how to put on really good programming and run an excellent world-class festival so i bring you my conversation with damien damien thanks so much for joining me thanks so much mike since i uh, met you a couple of months ago at dad's just having a casual whiskey i was um so excited because i've been going to the comedy festival for years and years and years it's my favorite time of the year and then you said when you introduced yourself and you said oh i'm the director of the comedy festival i lost it <laughs> it's uh, I've worked in this industry for most of my career, and it's the first event I've ever worked on where my little brother gets really excited and wants to come. <laughs> Generally, in theatre, he's not so interested in the comedy he loves. So that should be really the litmus test, like how excited is your little brother <laughs> yeah. about what you're doing? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. So maybe to start off with, I'd love to hear a bit about your journey into um, comedy and especially into running the festival. Sure. I... Um I have been working with the Comedy Festival, uh, this is my seventh festival, we, we generally count in festivals, not years. <laughs> um, so I uh, I guess my journey is through arts management, so working uh, largely in, in for, with theatre companies and festivals, uh, started in, in studied arts management uh, in Queensland at, at uh, where I grew up, uh, and um, and got into to arts marketing through that. And um, after about 10 years or so working in, in arts marketing for theatre companies, I... Um, 
I uh, moved into a generalist role uh, as general manager and CEO of Melbourne Fringe Festival, which was amazing. It was really fantastic. So that, that, that's such, it was such a well-known festival here nationally as well. Yeah, look, had a, had a, a great time. It was stepping into a, a small organisation, well, it's a reasonably small team um, in in the first general management kind of role was really amazing. So I, um, I yeah, I've been um, been. I worked uh, at the Comedy Festival on 2002 Festival in a marketing and sponsorship role, went away and come back. I don't think you'd, you generally leave the Comedy Festival. You might go away for a little while, but, but yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of You can leave faces. the Comedy Festival, but the Comedy Festival never leaves you. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. No, it's been great. It's been really so – what, what I really enjoyed – uh, was was coming back to the organisation to to see how it had grown. It, it was huge from two, twenty uh, sorry two thousand and two to um, twenty thirteen when I returned. Mm-hmm. It had grown enormously, uh, but a lot of the systems were still the same. It still had the same heart. It really did feel like the same organisation. It also had the same uh, leadership. So Susan Proven, our festival director, um, w- was there in two thousand and two and is still there now. So oh, wow. that's quite um, a rain. Yeah, no, she, um, she she's incredible. So she really has grown it into. Uh, the the huge uh, event that it is now. Well, it's definitely one of their showpiece um, times of year or festivals in Melbourne. I sort of put it aside. The film festival is what I get most excited about in the year. Yeah. What, what do you get most excited about other, other than obviously the festival is probably a bit of anxiety for you, but what do you look forward to the Melbourne calendar? Uh, the one event that we've just had that I really love um, is Australian Open. I really love how that event you know, it's it's huge, and and it really is embraced by such a, a large number, both of of Melburnians, but also visitors to the city. Yep. Just uh, and coming from the kind of the part of the business and the, the background that I have, also seeing the sponsor activations and seeing how brands yeah. make the most of it and how they integrate into that festival, they, they they really do it like like no other. What did you think of the Uber Eats campaign this year? Yeah, no, I thought it was thought it was interesting, and the the, the, the Uber taxis as uh, vehicles as well. I yeah. thought, it, yeah, they um, it's it's interesting some of the different kinds of partnerships. That that they've they've brought on board. Which yeah, I haven't is, seen Uber make a big play in their sort of marketing partnership space yet, and I, I thought that was really interesting yeah. to sort of see. When I first saw the, the Federer ad when he was sort of going to get order some food or something, I just Louise, my wife, turned to me and said, "What's going on?" Because <laughs> he's playing, and then he's just sort of talking about what he's going to eat later. This is incredible. Yeah, it's good. I like, I like those kind of partnerships where it's the disruption. It's not, it's not what you're expecting. Yeah, and I think the Australian Open for me always conjures memories of like back to back forty degree days, like just sweating a lot and going to watch incredible games, not quite getting into centre court, but still having a great time. You know, yeah, it's just a childhood memory. One one of the things that's been interesting, um, we work very closely at the Comedy Festival uh, with um, uh, restaurants, cafes, bars in the CBD. And, and a couple of years ago, they, they all said that uh, the, the two busiest times of the year were Australian Open and Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is great. But that um, that's changed a little bit in the past because the food and beverage offering it um, down at Melbourne Olympic Park for the Open is so significant that that the bars and cafes aren't still seeing that same upturn oh, really? um, because there's because there's you know everything from the the, the five star to the hot dog down at um, down at the tennis there's there's not the same momentum bringing people back into the city after the you know because it's one stop shop everything you want there well, from those people are missing out I mean to get back to the city and eat our greatest food exactly uh, I think there's so much opportunity I was sitting next to an interstate couple um, at one of my favourite cafes in Burke Street earlier in the week and. Um, I said, do you know where you are? I said, not really. I said, Pellegrini's only 10 metres away. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's, um, yeah, we, we work really closely with a, with a, a lot of places and um, it's, it's just great seeing. So you do partnerships with restaurants and pubs and sort of nearby 
food vendors? Yeah, yeah. Try try to form some um, relationships uh, with um, hospitality venues around the venues where the festival's happening mm-hmm. just to try and make the most of it. Obviously, the, the whole festival gets on board. Places like the Western um, have been a, a hotel partner of ours for a very long time. They pr- create a series of cocktails that they mm-hmm. – their um, mixologist names after comedians in the festival, so that's always fun. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so, so you know, generally to try and provide some incentive back to patrons. One of the things that we've we've learned over the past couple of years is that almost 90%, this is sure comes as no surprise, about 90% yeah. of our audience are um, engaging in drinking, dining, uh, before or after their comedy yep. experience. Good to you make know. an art of it. Absolutely. You know, the, the, sh- the tickets cost $30. The shows go for an hour. You can generally have a drink while you're watching it. it it's actually a no-brainer why our festival is so so uh, so popular. Yeah, and so how do you maintain the popularity year on year? Is that something that you have to think a lot about or do you just kind of know that each year it, it's going to be the same love of the comedy festival and it'll just romp it? Yeah, I think I think our role in, in all of that is uh, both to – create shows and, and present artists yep. uh, that, that the festival presents, but mm-hmm. it's really to create the platform for uh, Australian artists to succeed. We um, It's open access for all Australian artists and the international component is um, by invitation. So our festival director um, is very involved in, in which artists are presented as part of the festival. Mm-hmm. We present some, other promoters present other international artists, but the real purpose of that is so that it's uh, a platform for Australian artists to, to thrive. And that's what I love about it is um, what we're creating is just the uh, the umbrella and the platform and, you know, running a whole range of venues across the CBD. Uh, but, but it's really what we don't create every year is the inspiration and imagination of the artists who are involved. And that's something that, you know, that's what makes it so special. Yeah, it's, it's, it's artists. It's very true. Well, a couple of years ago, actually many years ago, when I used to go very regularly to as many shows as I could, I used to just scan the international guests and saw like who's interesting, who's coming up. And there used to be a stack of international guests I thought were really interesting. And now it sort of seems like the focus has shifted a bit to sort of more Australian content or that they're still, you know, international artists. But I wonder a bit whether, like, is it about the the fact that you can see all of these artists online now and through various mediums that it's sort of harder to get them out? Or yeah, the Netflix factor. It's, yeah, the it's, Netflix factor. It's certainly a, a part of it. I think yeah. um, that there's always a place for international artists, and and um, uh, and, and they will be. You know, the, 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 I guess there's the, the big sellers, the, the household yeah. names that are part of the festival, and then also Art Parker every year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then there's the new voices, the the the, the new faces who um, uh, who are being presented here. Who you know, uh, the, so one of the the biggest shows of this year's festival, Ursula, Ursula Carson, mm-hmm. um, who is presenting a full run of shows in the main hall of Melbourne Town Hall, so the biggest venue that we run. Wow, uh, it's it's fantastic. Last year, there was this great tweet that she posted. So she was performing uh, at Forum Theatre uh, and she stuck her head behind a, a, a lift shaft and her tweet was, this is the room where I had my first comedy festival uh, show it was the carpet room was 35 seats. And now she's, you know, selling out a whole season, 21 shows plus, yeah. plus uh, in, in the main hall. So That's it's great seeing the journey that even international artists take. So you might be a, a big name overseas. And I think that, of course, internet and YouTube and Netflix and things are changing this. Uh, but but there's that discovery factor as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think homegrown talent, I mean, I just look sometimes now at Netflix and see Jim Jeffries and Hannah Gadsby and some of these people making it big overseas. I'm sure they would have got starts sort of around festivals just like this, if not in the festival. Yeah. Uh, so Hannah Gadsby, absolutely. Yep. Um, 
a lot of the artists who are, are local artists, Australian artists in our festival, have had some engagement with the development programs that our festival runs. So we are the festival's the main game. That's that's the, the the main activity that we run. Immediately after the festival closes, we head off on a national tour that goes to eighty plus communities around Australia yeah. into Southeast Asia. Uh, but what we run year round are development programs. So raw comedy is Australia's largest open mic competition. Oh, class, yes. yeah, I've gone to see that before. It's fantastic, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. It is fantastic. Class clowns is our program. For um, for high school students, deadly funny for Indigenous Australians. Uh, nearly all of the household names, nearly all of the Australian comedians have had some connection with some of our development programs. Hannah Gadsby, um, she did, and I've, I've I've read a quote of a media um, interview that she gave, where uh, a, a, as a young queer woman growing up in regional Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, Entering into the comedy pub circuit was not something that she would have ever considered, but mm. the opportunity of of participating in, in raw comedy was an avenue. And you know, it's a it's a long career that she's had, and yeah. it's just wonderful seeing the success that she's enjoying at the moment. Oh, isn't it incredible? Astronomic sort of rise. Um, and and so you think if you had to take a look at sort of the state of our grassroots programming at getting comics into development and becoming sort of good enough to put on these great shows is. Things are looking good, very much so. Yeah, it's it's incredibly rich. The um, the the, um, uh, the the pipeline, I guess, the the emerging comedians who come through, um, who, who are coming through. Um, I, I think one of the one of the roles that the festival plays in a quiet kind of way is working with emerging artists around helping them, whether it's um, casting in one of the lineup shows that we have or engaging them in the festival club or just kind of helping them to find what we what we don't want artists to do is to go and uh, present a full season of a festival show for the first time yeah. uh, and fail yes. and, you know, have credit card debt or, or what, you know, it's a, they're expensive shows to put on. Mm-hmm. So, so to, to really try and mentor and, and help artists to, to, to find the right time for them to, you know, what's the right pathway for them to um, build a career in comedy. And sometimes people who go through the raw comedy program or class clowns, they, uh, you know, performance is not the avenue that they pursue. It's, it's writing or editing or directing. So to talk a little bit about sort of the, the, um, the making a career out of comedy, so to speak, how do if one's a young comic and they're kind of on that pathway, they're maybe starting to do you know little pubs or whatever, or little um, circuits here and there. Are they getting paid okay to do that kind of stuff? And if, if are they usually kind of uh, having to juggle various jobs to see themselves into that process? I think there's always a juggle involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one of the beautiful things about Melbourne at the moment is there's there's comedy rooms playing nearly every night of the week with you know incredible. Uh, Incredibly talented and successful comedians, part of those lineups and bills and hostings and emceeing. So, you know, in some ways it is amazing that the comedy festival is so popular when yep. you can go and see world class comedy every night of the week in Melbourne. Maybe people don't know that you can. <laughs> maybe they maybe don't. It's a secret. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it shouldn't be. Yeah. There's, there, there's some places in North Melbourne. There's, yeah. there's, uh, yeah, there's Crab Lab. There's a whole range of different and there's podcasts as well. There's also, um, there's a, you know, huge number of podcasts. Oh, well, podcasts, I think, are just liquid gold for comedians. I mean, I, I listen to, I think I listen to, I was talking to you about this when we caught up the coffee. I think there's about eight comedians from the US who I listen to his podcasts each week and it's incredible because it's this way that you can kind of enjoy their material or just their their banter without having to go and see them. I mean not not obviously I wouldn't do that for Australians but which you can't see these international guests it's, it's incredible the yeah, access. Absolutely, absolutely. I think there is something that is always special about whether it's comedy or, or any live performance coming from a theater background mm-hmm. that 
you know, sitting in a theatre and having that sure. that direct engagement with, um, with with a performer on a stage or performers on a stage is it, it's you can't match it. You can't match it. I think it's like a it's like the weak substitute. <laughs> you know, like it's like a weak latte, yeah. average weak <laughs> latte versus a long macchiato. But you know, you'll take it. it it's something. Yeah, exactly. But I, I guess I'm curious about that paradigm now that with digital media being so available and I mean so much content being generated that. Um, comedians can have this connection with their listeners or their audience like they've never had before, that ongoing connection? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I, I, what it's, what's interesting about that is it isn't impacting the live attendance that yes. people are still coming yeah. and see. That, that you can go and, whether it's on YouTube or, uh, or, or Netflix or, or whatever, yeah, you can, you can enjoy some amazing it's comedy. It's definitely not a substitute. I actually think it's going the other way. So I think that um, these comedians who have podcasts, they're advertising their shows on their podcast, and then more of their listeners go to their shows. Yeah, absolutely, and they're, and they're also bringing on um, emerging voices, yes. which is really great to talk about. And that's one of the things I love about our festival is where not all, all comedians, but a lot of comedians at the end of their show, they'll say, you know, bang, 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 here are the comedians that I'm looking forward to going and seeing this festival. Go and get amongst it. That's one of the real challenges that we have. Our festival is huge. Yep. This year there so are nice to see. 620 shows. Yep. At the moment, there's 7,700 performances uh, that will continue to grow as extra shows are put on. One one of our challenges as the festival is to help people. We want them to go and see their favourite comedians. We want them to go and see yeah. the shows that they they love. Yeah. But we also want them to to take a punt. We want them to go and try and explore uh, new voices in comedy. So that's what's one of our big challenges to help yeah. people try and navigate the program. It's eighty eight pages. It's you yeah. know, it's huge. So how do you do that? Is that like website experimentation this year? Well, or? I think that's where digital comes in. Yeah. Um, content like that comes in really beautifully yep. where where you can just put out clips and excerpts our website's pretty rich now in by by way of it's not just photos there's there's lots of, um, lots of video and lots clips. of ways yeah so to so to yeah keep people a bit of a nudge and help them one of the things we don't don't do is say we recommend this show or this is a show you should go and see we we, we really try to um to just say here's a you know here's a subset of the of yep. the program or here's his uh different ways you can cut it to to try and find that show you haven't heard of one thing I enjoy going to every year because it's sort of that good mix of random and known is the best of the British at the Exford. Mm-hmm. I've been, I think, for the past few years in a row. Great. It's always hilarious. Excellent. You, know, you get three or four British comedians that you've never heard of yeah. and they all kill it. And yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. We have a couple of lineup shows that we present. Um, one is called New Order, which yep. is emerging voices from um, UK. Um, Headliners is a, a lineup of uh, US. Um, stand-up comics. Ooh, so, that out. Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, there's two different um, the first half and second half. So there's eight comedians that are part of that lineup. But yeah, so so those lineup shows are really great. That you get a little snapshot, a little bit of a taste. The festival club is also really great for that. Festival club at Max Watts. So every night of the festival, except Mondays, there's uh, you know for ten fifteen dollar admission, depending on what day of the week it is. Some nights there's ten comedians for ten bucks. There's there's a, there's a show of comedy every night. Sometimes it's themed, sometimes it's stand up. Yep. So you can you can go and you can have that little taste of you know, see three minutes and, and decide if you want to go and oh, well, watch I, the I hour. Like that. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's like little tasters. Exactly. So each year do you try and – I haven't noticed this, but maybe you do it. Do you pick a theme each year or is it always just the comedy festival and it's sort of the creative – Vision is kind of embedded in that programming. Yeah, because it's not a curated program. Yeah. There is no theme. Um, it, it, it really is. I guess sometimes you kind of sit back in hindsight and go, you know, what are the themes that are coming out? What's 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 topical of the day? But there's no theme that we put over the festival. It really is whatever whatever the comedians want to be uh, want to be speaking about. Awesome. So who you um, got your eye on this? Who you're excited about? Um, there's a few um, uh, a few shows that I'm I'm quite looking forward to. Um, we we've run 
a program over the past couple of years called Comedy Zone Asia. Uh, so we've been touring into Southeast Asia for over 10 years uh, and about for the past four or so years, we've it's, it's turned into a cultural exchange. So uh, the artists that we've met when we've been there, um, and so it's a lineup show. So some of those artists now are presenting solo shows, um, either presented by us or presented by other promoters. So Comedy Zone Asia, this year we've got artists from Malaysia, um, India, and Singapore. Um, so these are comedians from those countries? Yeah, they yeah they, 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 they're coming out. Yep. Yeah. Um, the last year, uh, we, we also have a similar lineup show called the Indian Comedy Showcase. Um, we've been touring into India since 2012, uh, and that was amazing. That was a, was it, um, it's at the Pavilion at Arts Centre Melbourne and yep. a really diverse audience. Awesome. And, um, so some of the artists who are in that show this year were presenting solo shows in English. Um, so, so, so really, you know, both of those programs trying to broaden our audience and yeah. there's, there's, um, so that, so that'll be really good. The, the artists I'm really excited about seeing, I, I love, um, Reese Nicholson, I love Anne Edmonds, Becky Lucas. David O'Doherty, um, a band man who's, um, who's a, a musical artist that we're presenting. Yep. Um, really looking forward to seeing Hannah Gadsby's new show. Um, Nath Valvo. Hannah Gadsby at the festival. She is. She's starting. Oh, wow. She's, um, she's launching a, um, a world tour. How exciting. That's, yeah. That's massive. Yeah, it is massive. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's getting quick. Mike, it's almost sold out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Melbourne will be the Melbourne Comedy Festival will be the first step of, first stop of her world tour. So that's, that's really exciting, mm. um, to see, um, to see, um, what's next for her. Um, Steph Tizzle, who came through our Deadly Funny program called years ago. Mm. I loved her show last year. So we're looking forward to that. Um, uh, Larry Dean, who's one of the um, one of the artists who who started in New Order, which is the lineup program of emerging UK comics, and is yep. now uh, you're just going from success to success. Awesome. Um, so yeah, no, there's um, there, there's a heap I'm looking forward to. Um, one of my favourite events every year is our Deadly Funny National Final and Showcase. So we've got heats going on right around the country at the moment, Ooh, um, and um, it, it's just it's it's such a magic show. Just a real range of um, you know some polished artists, but also some people who are it's the second time they've stood on stage the learners yeah i like to watch the people because the courage and the bravery yeah of how they just get up there and they're they're not polished yet but it's like a a diamond that's going to be polished over time it will sparkle but maybe it's not sparkling just yet yeah that's what i want to see there's there's artists who and and you're talking to the end and and they say the heat was the first time i've ever stood in front of a microphone and in the final standing at the forum imagine the cojones it's amazing. amazing yeah yeah Love it. Um, and Class Clowns, which is our high school program, really love that. Just over the, over the time that I've been involved in the comedy, fest, comedy festival, just seeing how, what young people, so these are high school students from grade nine to grade 12, yeah. just, just the so maturity funny. of what they're, you know, what, what they're talking about yeah. and what they're interested in, what they're finding funny. You know, it's just, it's, it's extraordinary. I've just got to, to see how, that. That'd be a nice different lens of comedy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And yeah. it's also not, straight down up there's music comedy there's sketch there's you know it's 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 pretty exciting stuff yeah i can't wait there's a lot to see there's a lot to see a lot to see you need to plan out the festival plan out the month i always do that's what i do for the film festival i have a spreadsheet i pick the ones Uh, excellent i'm I'm a planner planner but this starts in a week pretty much does it 27 march uh is when the festival starts yep yep i have my dates confused that's what i was saying to you earlier that probably sounded confusing to you so it's 27th of march not feb yeah yeah right okay yeah yeah we've still got a few weeks got my festivals confused (laughs) i can relax with the plan for a little bit terrific um what i wanted to ask you is just a bit about the business of running a comedy festival um you guys are not for profit we are yep absolutely so so what's it like to put this all together and what are the sort of competing interests and what have you learned i suppose over the years about how to put together to to commercially make a great festival that creates a lot of public good as well enjoyment yeah i think um uh 
well, it, it takes a, a, a dedicated team. Um, first and foremost, we're a pretty small team, so there's 11 of us who work year-round yep. on the festival. That then grows at the moment. We've got every possible bit of desk being used by someone, so sure. that grows from the 11. There's another 40-odd um, people who are um, marketing coordinators or production sure. managers and things. Uh, and then uh, at festival time for delivery, there's 300 casual staff who oh, are our man. stage managers and um, um, front of house team and box office team. We're a little bit unusual um, in Australia in that our whole um, our whole team um, is our, our employees. A lot of festivals work with volunteers, which is yeah. excellent. That was going to be like those opportunities. Question. So they are actually employees. Yeah, right? yeah. The whole oh, team's well. employed. We yeah. work with um, some interns in yep. key areas, but um, but the but the whole team is is employed, which is excellent. So one of the things that I always marvel at is how you know the, the systems we have. We're really lucky with a largely largely a contract workforce um, that we have really tight systems. We have strong return of, of our personnel. Yeah. A, a lot of people build their year around our festival. Yeah. Um, they'll go and work in um, in Edinburgh or other festivals overseas in the off season and they'll come back. So so I've got some some really tight systems and some really um, you know skilled and dedicated team who who only work with us for part of the year, which we're really lucky about. So are the people, are your people who are working for you also trying to be or uh, actually active comedians or looking to be in the space? Um, not so much. Um, uh, the people who are part of our team, they are they are professional festival sure. um, but people. What I, I guess what I'm wondering is like because of that overlap of interest, like maybe the, is it sort of that they're, um, they're trying to build a comedy career as well and that's why they're... Yeah, no, not, not, not so, so much. much. No, yeah, no. I mean, there's a yeah. few people um, who are in our producing unit who have come from comedy. Sure. Um, not so much performing not at the now. Same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but 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 most of our team are pro- pro- production staff and marketing staff and you know the finance team and um, you know there's there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of people who are you know we're a long way from <laughs> from standing in front of the microphone. Our involvement in the festival. So I think that's that's really part. I mean, stakeholders. You know, it's a it's a large event. We're a, we're a large business um so um, working very closely with government very closely with our corporate partners mm. um it's a it's a theater is a high risk business yes. so there's a, a lot of risk involved in in um with our festival director in building curating a program of the parts that that we yeah. we curate so you have to put up stuff that you want to show but it also has to obviously sell enough tickets that it's commercially viable is that sort of yeah, we're in um, an interesting part of the of the program yep. in that a lot of the a lot of the artists that we're presenting are the, are the risk. There, yes, there are some artists who are household names yep. and, and have you know grown in popularity and they're huge. But then the balance of that are artists who we're introducing yep. to Melbourne audiences. And that's a tough role to play. Yeah, because what, new artists, you know? what what Susan's trying to program um, and present are. Is, is a point of difference different to what's being offered by local artists? Yeah. So, so that's really interesting space um, to be in, I think. And then the the year round, the you know our the development programs I was speaking about earlier, um, class clowns and deadly funny. Mm-hmm. It's one person who runs those programs. That's so incredible. engaging artists. One of the things we I'm very proud that we are is. I don't actually know if this is true or not, but we're Australia's largest employer of comedians. I, I can't think of anyone else mm. who's not an, um, a manager or an agent yep. um, who employs as many as comedian as many comedians as we do. Yep. Um, so, f- you know, for our national tours that go for four months after the festival, dev- um, with all of our development programs, they're comedians who are workshop facilitators who are running those workshops in schools or communities. So, yep. so it's a pretty great network of. Oh, it's so important. Yeah, it's so important. It's so important to fund comedy, and, and like that's, that's. I guess that's why I asked the question earlier about. But it, it does sound like from your answer that comedians who are up and coming are finding ways to fund themselves to develop. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a it's a 
pretty um you know it's a pretty tough road yeah, i think to yeah, to build sure. a career sure. um to, to 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 build that career and um and uh you know to to use your own you know your talent as the basis of that yeah. it's you know it's remarkable what um what what people achieve there's no way you can really learn comedy so that's that's one of the reasons why we've we're very different to a lot of other comedy events and comedy organizations you know comedy festivals in that I like to think of us as the engine room of comedy. It's providing those opportunities, providing those pathways yeah. for people to have a taste, to see if they like it, and then to come back and to to continue their engagement and grow their experience, grow their popularity, grow their audience. So would your programs and your development programs have mentors and everything who are sort of like teaching, you know, the, the grassroots and fundamentals of comedy? Or uh, yeah, 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 very much so. With class clowns is is. Um, we're on a workshop that's in schools. It's largely for English students more yep. than drama students. Um, and it, it's, it's focused on, you know, the outcomes of building self-esteem, building self-confidence um, at the core of it. It's about storytelling yep. and our, our, the excellent facilitators who run those workshops, it, everyone's got a story. So how do you pull that out in a way? And how do you find the threads of humor to build that confidence? One of the great things about class clowns also is that um, a lot of the young people who are engaged in that program aren't engaged in other extracurricular activities. They're not actually drama students or, or debaters. It's, you know, the, the, when you think about um, the makeup of a lot of comedians, yeah. it's, it's quite an insular um you know, solo kind of pursuit. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so finding a pathway, you know, finding networks or like collaborators to you know um, share material with and share ideas to find their people, find, you know, find the tribe. Yeah, exactly. Which is actually the quest that everyone's on. But you know, for comedy, I think it's so important. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, our um, producer of our development programs, Wes Snelling, um, is back for a second before he heads off again to do the, the more of the heats around the country. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just speaking with him earlier today, it's some really inspiring stories of just how a, a workshop or a heat is actually changing young people's lives. Yep. It's it's really powerful stuff yeah do you want to go into a bit more detail on that? oh just just yeah. the just the opportunity um yeah. so it was in um in catherine uh, over the weekend presenting a, a workshop and um speaking he was he was only speaking with one of the the parents and that just to, just they they were the parent was commenting how engagement in this program had really you know switched on the lights oh, and they yeah. were they were really excited and engaged and yeah. that's that's amazing. But I think it, it's a beautiful thing, but also the, the passion for storytelling and like, you know, having the, the courage to sort of have that voice, give that voice to a beautiful story is, I think that's something so special about comedy. Mm, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. I wonder, do you um, look at certain other festivals either nationally or globally and sort of think about, you know, um, sort of compare or try and get ideas from what's happening around the world? Uh, yeah, uh, very much so. And, and that's that's the, the bit that we do is the actual – the the umbrella, the festival, the, I guess we look a lot to Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Yep. It is the the biggest and the best and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I've only been once. Um, what was that experience? Like? Oh, it's incredible. It's the only time in my life, um, uh, the year after I went, where I experienced FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can't say I've ever, ever felt uh, felt that before except the you year I didn't go. You weren't there? Yeah, absolutely. That's it was amazing. amazing. That's quite an impact. It, yeah, it's, it's just it's it's great fun and there's there's so much to see and it's just the – being what else is going on in the city at the time with the tattoo and the international festival and um, you know all the other activities that are that are all happening at the same time in this little tiny city. Yeah, it's it's yeah People great fun. Rave about Edinburgh. It's, isn't it interesting? Even in Melbourne, so you know, like what is it, double, triple the size? People rave about Edinburgh. 
Yeah, yeah, a huge audience and, yeah. and huge people. Number of people coming from people coming from London or, or, or other you know parts of Europe. It's great. So, do you sort of like spend time thinking about what that what made that sort of such an important and sort of globally known festival, or just the mechanics of what the change each year? Yeah, the mechanics and the um, I mean the other big comedy festival being Montreal just for laughs. Yes, you know they've got huge, um, uh, huge, huge. Um, uh, free activities that are happening in the city. So yeah, we, we look to those festivals just to see um, what we can do and, and what, what, what opportunities there are. Um, I, you know, in Australia, there's, there's, there's some fantastic festivals that, that happen. Um, I, I guess we're lucky in a lot of our team work on a lot of the festivals. So there's, you know, there's ideas that come to us just from, from, from the team working at Melbourne, um, Melbourne festival or Sydney festival or Adelaide fringe, whatever it might be. Yeah. That's a good answer for that. Um, just wonder a bit about where you think, you know, the most exciting crop of like global comedy talents coming from. So obviously you talked a bit about Kimberley and homegrown, but um, you mentioned India and Southeast Asia before. Do you sort of see that as like a, a frontier of really like emerging global comedy talent? Yeah, big time. Um, well, we'll say this uh, Asia generally, but but in India, we we were part of a DFAT initiative in 2012 was the first time we went there. And when we – so we toured to four cities. Um, there wasn't a lot of comedy going on. Um, we ran a, a version of raw comedy in India for a couple of years. Um, and now uh, I think it's with the onset of, you know, with the, um, the take-up of technology uh, that, you know, a huge – proportion of the population now have smartphones so they have access to yes. YouTube. And you a know. lot of people watching on their phones, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So so the comedy is huge in India now. Yeah. And um, speaking with our um, associate director who runs the, the activities that we run in India, um, a, a lot of the comedy is now in English um, oh, wow. or in Hindi. So it's actually going to be very interesting as we move forward that that a lot of the, the the big names and a lot of the the rising voices of Indian comedy are not performing in English. So I mean, we've got some shows in English this year, and um, so so it's hard. I mean, like I've watched Netflix specials of um, Indian performers that are not in English, and it like there's something about the native language that makes it easier to get like the syncopation, the pronunciation. I don't, I, I want to know how to overcome that. <laughs> yeah. Do I have to learn Hindi? Uh, no, I don't know. I've I've seen some shows where the 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 setup of the joke is yep. in English, and yep. then the punchline. In Hindi, oh, right. okay. um, we know which it's pretty infectious. You know, you you, yeah, you can yeah, see yeah, yeah. You see where it's going sometimes. Yep. Yeah, um, but but I think that's going to be really interesting. And then also um, more broadly across Asia, yeah. um, uh, just the uh, you know, and there's a huge number of voices that um, um, that we haven't haven't found yet that hopefully will have a have a place in I our festival. Seen enough comedy from Africa. That's what I'm looking forward to. I've seen really good Indian and um, Asian comedy coming up. One of the things I think interesting, we talked about earlier, the Netflix effect. I mean, just to be able to tap into all these emerging stars from regions that you never knew comedy was big in. Like I remember watching the Taj Pabari or one of these Indian comedy uh, comedians recently. And I was thinking, isn't that amazing that I can sit at home and enjoy this global content and now know that there's comedy coming from these exciting regions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Um, even though I can't, you know, like obviously the idea would be I go with you to India for the tour. But, you know. <laughs> we, um, and I think that's something that hopefully we can do more of in the future. Um, for Deadly Funny last year, um, 
uh, was broadcast on NITV, and it wasn't just the um, the performance, but there was there was a bit of a documentary to it. There was a bit of a you know in conversation what yep. was the motivation and um, and driver of some of the some of the participants. I think that that would be amazing for us to be able to not just go and tour, but to be able to. Um, to create some kind of documentary about um, you know the artists we're meeting and the oh, experiences, I, I think the experience of comedians, but also like the global nature of comedy now, is just a fascinating topic. I mean, I, I watch all kinds of specials and listen to all these podcasts, and what I'm mainly interested in, I suppose, is the. It seems like other than diving for abalone or something like that, like comedy is just the hardest, riskiest profession. Like you get burnt so easily, or you can be great. And I'm fascinated by people who have made it and what they've gone through in their journey and then what it's like, the mechanics of being a successful comedian. So I think there's a lot of room for content in that area. You have to speak to a comedian, get someone on, yeah, have yeah, a bit yeah. of a chat about what, what's involved. Yeah. You're as close as I've got. So <laughs> you can just, maybe you can just let Henry Gadsby know about this podcast and she'll pop on in. <laughs> sure, no worries. <laughs> uh, it's been amazing. So great chat. Um, what else do you want to share with our audience just about the, the festival? Is there anything else you want to touch on? I guess don't be scared if if you if you're not sure we 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 have learned a little bit recently about what people's fear what's the barriers to to participate and a lot of people are really scared about audience participation they're scared about being called out and don't sit in the front row well it's actually really really low <laughs> right, proportion of the festival where comedians you know will engage yeah, yeah, in that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. um can you know confronting can be very confronting um but don't be scared you know it's the it's pretty affordable festival and it's pretty accessible festival and there's something for everyone and if you're not sure ask someone or call the festival and ask for tips um ask you maybe when you give out your details yeah, absolutely of course <laughs> um but but we, you know the festival what we're there to make sure that the artists is to, that the artists succeed so um you know we, we want people to to take the um to, to try and go and see someone they haven't seen before, but of course go and see their favourites and hear what they've got to say. But um, but yeah, get it, get amongst it. Awesome. So where can people uh, connect with you and the Comedy Festival and learn a bit more online? Yeah, comedyfestival.com.au uh, is the is the main portal. So all all tickets um, are available from there, but there's also pretty rich information of photos and videos and, and links and um, reviews as the festival's happening. So it's a it's a you know, we, we like to think of it being more than just the show pages for the shows to to sell tickets. It's it's um, lots of news and lots of information. Also, um, uh, uh, Instagram and um, you know, Facebook and and Twitter. Comedians, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of comedians on Twitter, so yeah. it's a pretty great platform to find out about not just the comedians that you love, but their network of people that yep. they're interested in seeing. Awesome. And uh, do you want to share sort of a LinkedIn or sort of way to get in touch with you or? What's best? Uh, yeah, so 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 through LinkedIn. Yep. I don't know my LinkedIn. Um, it just be a name. Yeah, it was so Damien Hodgkinson. Yeah, Damien awesome. with an E. Yeah. Well, then people can reach out if they like. And thank you so much for joining me. Excellent. Thanks for being great chat. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player. Why not share the podcast with a friend? You could also leave us a five-star review in your podcast player. You may also want to join us for one of our regular live podcasts or to become a show sponsor. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com.au and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook.